Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We welcome you to another episode of the Locked On Redskins podcast. I'm Chris Russell, and boy, oh boy, was Monday the first day of free agency pretty much a crazy day. The Redskins making a couple of signings. We're going to go through all of them. We're going to go through who they didn't land and what they could still land and what they're basically in agreement on. So let's start with the breaking news from late Monday night. The Redskins are bringing back Kendall Fuller. Uh, This, according to multiple reports, from Jason LaConfora, Ian Rappaport, Tom Pelissero, the Redskins bringing back the Kansas City Chiefs corner and safety and their former third-round pick, meaning the Redskins' former third-round pick, of course, part of the trade for Alex Smith. Two years ago to the Kansas City Chiefs, the Redskins are bringing back Fuller, the Baltimore native, the Virginia Tech product, gets four years and about $40 million, according to multiple reports. So about $10 million per year. That puts him in a position where he can be the starting slot, which they certainly need. He can play outside. He can play a little free safety in a pinch if they need that. He did that during the playoffs. Kendall Fuller, I would assume the primary, the primary, positioning that the Redskins want to use him at would be the start, especially with Fabian Moreau being much better on the outside than on the inside. Jimmy Moreland might even be better on the outside than the inside as well. And don't forget that Fuller had a game-sealing interception, a great acrobatic play with about a minute or so left in the Super Bowl uh, for the Chiefs. Uh, He had a very high grade in that game per PFF, profootballfocus.com. I believe he may have had the highest grade overall uh, for any Kansas City Chief defensive player in that particular football game, uh, winning a Super Bowl. So now he comes back a couple years later, and listen, he has been a little bit up and down since going to Kansas City, uh, as Pro Football Focus pointed out, and you know I've been kind of loosely following this, not exactly um, following it every single step of the way, but as PFF pointed out, he had a, Fuller had a 131.4 passer rating against, which was 91st among safeties, 132nd. Yikes. Among cornerbacks in 2019, playing both the cornerback and, again, free safety. Uh, His last year in D.C., 2017. His last year in D.C., 2017, he had a 56.7, which was seventh among cornerbacks. Now, that was working almost exclusively out of the slot. Again, a couple of years later, uh, I'll have to say, I mean, clearly he's playing corner and safety. I don't know how much outside corner versus inside corner he played uh, this year. I'm going to have to break that down uh, in a further podcast. But, you know, here's the bottom line. $10 million per year 
to bring back a guy who was very happy here, who wanted to stay here, who did not want to get traded, and was coming off of, again, his best year. Now you put him in hopefully a much better scheme with much better talent around him than he had here, and maybe, 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 well, certainly for his first year, whether it was that way for his second year in Kansas City, that remains to be seen. But the bottom line is he wasn't very good last year uh, either and during the regular season, but he was really good during the postseason paired uh, mostly with Tyron Matthew. And again, versatility is what you get with Kendall Fuller. And he wants to be here. He didn't want to be traded. He had his best year here. And he was not very good in his rookie year. He was very good in his second year. Um, So, to me, I think this is a good move for the Redskins because it also allows them... James Bradbury signed for $15 million with the New York Giants on Monday night. Byron Jones went for $17-plus to the Miami Dolphins. No thanks on either one of them. And now, Byron Jones is out of the division because he's with Miami, and Bradbury's in the division, but Bradbury doesn't scare me as much as Jones does. Not that either one scares you, but makes you worried about passing the football against them, obviously, and trying to attack them. Uh, So here's the bottom line. I think when you look at what the Redskins decided to pay Bradbury, uh, what they decided to pay Fuller, $10 million per year, compared to what the Giants are giving Bradbury, $15 million per year on a shorter-term deal, three-year deal, so that he can hit the market again, uh, or he can get a lucrative extension after, say, two years. Um, And... You know, the the bottom line is, is, is this. The Redskins can now say, well, because we paid $10 million here, because we paid $10 million here, we can still invest several million dollars more in cap space in another starter. They can. Now, I assume you'd be looking for an outside corner. I assume. But I don't know. Um, so either way, this is a good move for the Washington Redskins. It kind of closes the chapter on that crazy trade. Yes, the Redskins gave up a third round pick to boot. All right, so that's one move for the Washington Redskins. They also brought back John Bostick. John Bostick, the middle linebacker who was here last year, uh, going to be about 30 years old. I, I think this is another solid move. Two-year uh, deal worth roughly about $6.5, 7000000 million by the time you do the base salary uh, and the uh, incentives and all that stuff. Um, here's you know one thing that I, I would just point out. You know, Bostick was comfortable here. He was happy here. Now he's going to have to learn different terminology, the scheme, all that. Remember when John Bostic first signed here, replacing Reuben Foster, who blew out his knee, and a couple of days later he comes in and the Redskins are in the middle of OTAs. I, I, I remember hearing and talking to a couple of people, uh, and the scuttlebutt was they were blown away by how quickly he picked up the defensive system and how smart he was, and 
you know, the one thing I, and I don't know John Bostic very well. I mean, obviously I have to get to know him better um, moving forward. When you have a player that has a high football IQ, that's just as important, just as important as having a football player that can run around and be a great athlete. And here's what I mean by that. If you compare what the Redskins had in Zach Brown, Zach Brown was a good athlete. He could run. He could attack the line of scrimmage. When he lined you up and when he sized you up, Zach Brown could lay you out. He was ideally what you would want from an athlete. I got to be honest with you, and, and, and I don't feel bad saying this because Zach Brown admitted this when he first signed here. He didn't know what he was doing. He often didn't know what he was doing. In <clears throat> Buffalo, in Tennessee, before he got to the Washington Redskins, and I know for a fact here in Washington, coaches couldn't trust him because he was all over the place. He was all over the place, and he didn't understand where he had to be. That's not him being dumb, okay, for anybody that gets offended by that. That's not having a high football IQ. There's a difference. You can be smart. You can be whatever. To have a a, a really good football IQ is something that John Bostick seems to have. Okay? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm missing something. But for Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio to recognize, hey, this is the guy that we want to be the transitional leader of our defense, at least right now. This is the guy that we're entrusting being basically the quarterback of our defense. That has to mean something. Now, maybe it's just a cost thing. I don't know. There's one other element that I want to get to next about the linebacking core. Then we'll get to Eric Flowers leaving, Case Keenum leaving, and the Redskins striking out on a couple of other big targets. We'll get to all of that coming up next on the Locked on Redskins podcast, plus breaking news on Tom Brady next on the Locked on Redskins podcast. All right, I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us. So the breaking news on Tom Brady, uh, listen, the benef- I, I started recording this just for full transparency on Monday late night. I had done a four-hour radio show. I had done three other radio interviews. I had done uh, six columns. I had done uh, a Google News Initiative five and one-minute report. Monday was a long day. I fell asleep recording this podcast, so now I had to go back and edit out my ramblings and my babblings in the first segment, and now it's Tuesday morning as I record this with a little sleep so you can tell uh, the personality and the energy, I guess, is back. But before we get to 
The one other thing about Bostic and the Redskins linebacking situation, I wanted to pass this along because I, I, I just got to get this out. And it might change by the time you listen to this. Tom Brady has issued a statement on Tuesday morning at around 9 a.m. Eastern time. It says, to all my teammates, coaches, executives, and staff, Coach Belichick, RKK, I don't know who that is, uh, oh, Robert Kraft, uh, and the Kraft family and the entire organization, I want to say thank you for the past 20 years of my life and the daily commitment to winning and creating a winning culture built on great values. I am grateful for all that you have taught me. I have learned from everyone. You have allowed me to maximize my potential, and that is all a player can ever hope for. Everything we have accomplished, hope, uh, everything we have accomplished brings me great joy, and the lessons I have learned will carry on with me forever. I couldn't be the man I am today without the relationships you have allowed me to build with you. I have benefited from all you have given me. I cherished every opportunity I had to be a part of our team, and I love you all for that. Our team has always set a great standard in pro sports, and I know it will continue to do just that. Although my football journey will take place elsewhere, and this is the most important part of this statement, Although my football journey will take place elsewhere, I appreciate everything that we have achieved and I'm grateful for our incredible team accomplishments. I've been privileged to have had the opportunity to know each and every one of you and to have the memories we've created together. So with that being said, Tommy, Tom Brady, <clears throat> and I apologize for my throat, uh, Tom Brady is Gonski not coming back to the New England Patriots. Now, what we don't know is where he's going to wind up. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were largely thought to be the odds-on favorite and the only other team. But that's stupid, as most reports are, because there's always teams that we don't know about and always teams that get in backdoor and make a late run. And in this particular case, you have the Chargers, you have potentially the Raiders, even though it looks like Marcus Mariota is going to wind up there. They could always trade Carr. Who knows? Um, and Pro Football Talk is basically saying you have the Miami Dolphins. Now, listen, the Miami Dolphins were better last year, ultimately, than many thought they would be. They wound up with five wins. Many thought they would have like negative five wins. So kudos to Brian Flores. Remember, Brian Flores was a coach in New England. On the defensive side, but Tom Brady knows him. And now they've signed Kyle Van Noy, great linebacker from the Patriots. They've also signed Eric Flowers, which we'll get to, uh, and more. So the Dolphins are loading up. Byron Jones. So the Dolphins are loading up. I, I, I guess you can't exclude the Dolphins, right? I mean... The, Ryan Fitzpatrick's 39 years old, and I think he's a free agent, if memory serves me correct. And on top of that, we all know that Josh Rosen is Josh Rosen, right? So maybe that could happen. All right, so that's the breaking news there. Now, depending on when you're listening to this, we might have an answer. Who knows? All right, I wanted to get to this. I thought Thomas Davis... Long-time care, and I know we talked about this on the podcast, uh, maybe on one of our Google reports, I can't keep everything straight, that Thomas Davis, long-time Carolina Panther linebacker, uh, and as well, and as well, 
uh, Ron Rivera disciple who wound up with the Chargers last year, was let go by the Chargers. Uh, after one year with them, he started in 16 games. He's only missed five games since 2013. This for a guy who had multiple ACL surgeries. Uh, you want to talk about tough. You want to talk about a leader. You want to talk about sturdy. Yes, I know he's 36, whatever. I thought he might be a good fit for the Washington Redskins. Now, I didn't know at this t- at that point when I wrote that, when I talked about that, how he would fit in if John Bostick was brought back. And that's where we're at. Reported deal, John Bostick coming back, <clears throat> right? So I don't know if they see that as two people in the rights. That I don't know. Uh, I think Thomas Davis can play weak or strong side, I, I, I believe, uh, based on my memory of him, that he can be versatile enough where he can play all over the place. And smart enough where he can play. Now, do you want a 36-year-old ideally covering a tight end all over, especially the tight ends that are in this league? No, ideally not. But if you're looking at trying to, again, change the culture, if you're trying to install a defense and a way of doing things in the Ron Rivera mold, and you have questions across the board at linebacker. Why wouldn't you bring in Thomas Davis? One-year deal, make him essentially a player-type coach. He doesn't have to start. He doesn't have to play 900 snaps if he's not good. He doesn't even have to stay here if he's not good. That's, you know, this happens in football, right? But you bring him here to install the culture, to help install the culture. That's what you do. So, I would say this. Again, to me, I think you can make a way or find a way to make this happen. Um, There was one report, I forget who it was, somebody for CBS Sports, Jonathan Jones, I believe it was, uh, for CBS, who had heard the same thing. Now, he's based in Charlotte, so he might know Thomas Davis or he might know Ron Rivera. Uh, He's an NFL guy for CBS Sports Interactive. So we'll see what happens. All I can tell you is, you know, the Redskins don't have enough at the linebacker position. You're looking at Sean Dion Hamilton. You're looking at Cole Holcomb. Obviously, Bostick back. Josh Harvey. That's a lot of questions. So don't just automatically dismiss a 36-year-old because he's 36. That's stupid. To me, bring him in, competition. And you have a leader, and you have somebody that knows exactly what this coach is trying to do. All right, so that's one element. Coming up next, we will get into all those rumors uh, that we mentioned about where the Redskins were in on Stefan Diggs, and as well, Amari Cooper, plus... Eric Flowers and Case Keenum leaving. Details on all of that, plus a new guard. We haven't even gotten to that. So much to cover right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. All right, we're back here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. I'm Chris Russell. As always, make sure you follow uh, at Locked Redskins on Twitter, me individually at WrestleMania621 on Twitter as well. Make sure you download our daily Google one in five minute 
ish reports, a little less sometimes, depending on what's going on. Uh, on the Google News Initiative, Locked on Redskins in conjunction as well. What else? Uh, listen to me on the radio, 1067thefanoftheradio.com app. And please, please, please check out redskinsreport.com. Redskinsreport.com. All sorts of Redskins news, information, video analysis, all sorts of things. Columns from Rick Snyder uh, and others. Redskinsreport.com, part of SI, as we try and bring you everything we can, Redskins, uh, as we get you through this coronavirus time. Now, we have four big things that we have, five big things that we have to hit, so we're not going to be able to spend a lot of time on everything. We'll have more information and more analysis as we go through, but just so many things going on, we're going to have to go fast cycle through it. Two Redskins leaving, Case Keenum, three-year, $18 million deal with the Cleveland Browns reunites with Kevin Stefanski. It just reinforces what we've been saying all along. The Redskins need a veteran quarterback, and they need one now. Eric Flowers leaving three years, nearly $30 million with the Miami Dolphins. He gets to go home. He'll continue his career uh, as a guard. Good for him. He gets to play in the shadows of where he grew up. Uh, Listen, $10 $10 million, the Redskins apparently, according to J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington, offered about eight. You're not going to go $10 million uh, on an average annual value. I, there was no need. That was more than, that was about triple what he made. So uh, what can you say? I mean, the market is what the market is. Uh, every team has to have, at some point, some discretion. Now, as a result of that, and because they're not getting... Um, Eric Flowers back, the Redskins went out and they filled that hole, potentially, I guess, um, with Wes Schweitzer, a multi-position veteran guard and center from the Atlanta Falcons. I think the best way I could describe Schweitzer is... He's going to compete with Wes Martin, so you have Wes versus Wes, at left guard. He's capable of starting at a fringe starter level, I think, at left guard and or, and more importantly, right guard if something happens, when something happens, uh, to Brandon Sheriff, and he can also play a little bit of center. Um, So he's mostly left guard. Played left and right last year, seven or eight snaps at center, so I guess he could fill in potentially there if something happened to Chase Roulier. Look, they paid him about $4.5 million per year, ideally a little bit higher than you would like for a rotational backup or a fringe starter, but if he becomes a starter, and guys get better as they go along in a lot of cases, if he becomes a starter, then $4.5 million as opposed to paying Eric Flowers, who is is the better player, but if you're going to pay Eric Flowers $8, $9 million per year, is he that much better? That's what we don't know. So at the very minimum, what you needed was positional versatility. We didn't know if Eric Flowers could play right guard. We didn't know, well, we just didn't know. So they needed somebody that could play multiple positions because of injury, because of the lack of depth. Obviously, Tony Bergstrom's not going to come back, uh, that type of thing. And if Wes Martin is 
the starting guard. And if Brandon Sheriff is healthy and Chase Rullier is healthy, then basically you have an extra offensive lineman on game day in case one of those guys goes down during the game. Or maybe you could use him uh, as a sixth offensive lineman in jumbo sets. All right, so that's Schweitzer, that's Eric Flowers, and that's uh, Case Keenum, all wrapped into a nutshell. Two other things before we get out. Stefan Diggs on his way from Minnesota to Buffalo. Listen, I, I know Dwayne Haskins has been uh, making uh, m- making like whoopee with him uh, on, on Twitter. Forget about that. So thankful that he's going somewhere else and that the Redskins don't have to deal with that. Uh, that guy is never going to be happy. Uh, good luck to the Buffalo Bills. I hope it works out for them, but he's never going to be happy. Uh, that's number one. Number two, and, and the Redskins, by the way, were interested in him, according to Albert Breer. They made a run uh, at him, apparently. I don't know how hard of a run, but the big reason why we know that they are heavy in the wide receiver market is because, according to Adam Schefter, Amari Cooper, who just went back to the Dallas Cowboys five years and $100 million, the Redskins made a strong run at him on Monday trying to get him away. Now, reportedly, somebody put up that they offered him 21 or $22 million per year. Let me tell you something. I know Amari Cooper's a good player. Uh, He's got drop issues. He's been banged up. All that great route runner. I am very, very thankful that the Redskins did not pay him $21 or $22 million per year. I don't care about the expanding cap. Everything is expanding, except for common sense. $21 or $22 million for Amari Cooper per year on an average annual basis, no thanks. That's the best move that the Redskins did not make. Go Emmanuel Sanders, somebody like that, and you will have a better team and a more appropriate pay structure for everyone so that you can try and take care of everyone and keep the team. Keep the team. All right, so that's going to do it for us. We just gave you as much Redskins news as we possibly could, plus Tom Brady. Uh, Analysis of... Um, Kendall Fuller coming back, all sorts of things going on. Stay with us. We will have as much coverage for you as possible, uh, and we will get it to you as soon as possible right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Take care of yourself, uh, isolate, don't be stupid, uh, and keep listening. Thanks for being with us. Adios.